Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, Farm Credit Canada releases a report on the Canadian food manufacturing industry, which shows a booming trade domestically and for export. Sask Wheat's latest outlook shows volatility as the war rages on in Ukraine. Real Agriculture takes a look at grain markets. We have features on soil moisture conditions and perennial forage crops. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. A new report from Regina-based Farm Credit Canada says the Canadian food manufacturing industry had a booming year in 2021. FCC Chief Economist J.P. Gervais says food manufacturing sales rose almost 15% last year and are expected to jump 7.4% this year. He sees it as a booming industry. Well, I do think it is. I mean, if you look at the strength of demand for food, both domestically and in the world, I do think that there is a lot of positive in the industry. Of course, you know, if there's one dark cloud over the entire food supply chain, it's the price of inputs, right? Whether it's at the farm level, food processors, inputs are expensive. We got lots of issues as well, still to resolve around distribution, transportation, a lot of bottlenecks in the supply chains as well. But overall, if you look at the underlying factors of the success that the industry has had in 2021, lots of resilience, lots of lessons learned from 2020 with the pandemic, I think things are pointing in the right direction. And I do think that, you know, the layer of volatility that we have before because of the war, for example, right now, that's one additional complexity that businesses have to deal with. But overall, I think strength of demand speaks to a really positive outlook for 2022. How much is growth up and what are the key factors for the growth? Well, I, you know, there are a couple of sectors that you can highlight as, as very positive. I'm very, very bullish on the demand for vegetable oil. If you look at, I said, going into the conflict of the war in Ukraine, even prior to that, we were in an environment where commodities were really were priced really high. If you look at oil seeds, and the demand for vegetable oil was very, very robust. I mean, both from for human consumption as well as because of the very aggressive mandates for biodiesel, renewable diesel. So that's one of the sectors that I'm very bullish. If you look at as well, you know, the meat processing sector, despite the higher prices that we've seen at the grocery stores, I mean, consumers still want to eat meat and red meat in particular. Uh, they still value the product. And so uh, consumers have not responded by you know, lowering or decreasing their consumption of beef, for example, by that much. And so I think that's a good sign at a time when demand for Canadian beef remains extremely strong in the world market. So again, that's another positive sector that I think we we need to be thinking about going into 2022. So I heard you say that, of course, domestic demand, Canadian demand is up. How is export demand? 
Well, the one caveat with export demand being really, really good and really robust right now is really the war and kind of the overall implications of economic sanctions on Russia and allies. And so if the sanctions become to the point where it disrupts the world economy, then that leads, perhaps that leads to maybe weaker income in some of the countries that are big, big purchasers and importers of Canadian meats, for example. So that's, I think, the one caveat to a very positive outlook. Otherwise, you know, as, as we're growing the world economy, as we're growing the income in some of the import-dependent countries, I think Canada has a major, major role to play in alleviating and perhaps, you know, preventing some serious food security concerns as we're seeing the price of food go up pretty much worldwide. And so I do think that the demand is going to remain strong for Canadian products going forward. I see in your report that export growth came from the U.S., Mexico, Philippines, and South Korea, but China was down? Well, China was down for one reason in particular, and that's because they started to rebuild their pig population. They've been hit with African swine fever since 2018, and China accounts for roughly, usually it would account for roughly half or 50% of the entire pig supply or pork supply in the world. And so now in 2021, that started to rebuild the herd that has been decimated since 2018. They've had some success. I think it's not up to normal for, for China, but I think they have had some success. And so I think it resulted in actually a decline in the demand for pork coming from Canada. So I think that's one of the, the negatives, so to speak. But overall, pork exports were roughly flat and beef exports were expanding. So I think that's, that's a positive, I think, if you look at the rest of the world and where demand seems to be um, emerging for us. So the outlook for 2022 and beyond? Well, 2020 is positive. The caveat is really the cost of inputs. I mean, profitability, demand is going to be fine. Demand is going to be robust. Prices that businesses, either at the food processing level, at the farm level, are going to remain elevated. But it's really from a profitability standpoint that we have to think about, right? The risk management aspect of, of, of everything is going to be critical going forward because we're going to be faced with a lot of volatility when it comes to the price of inputs. We have to think as well about financial risk because higher inflation means that the Bank of Canada is going to continue to lift its policy, its, its, its key policy interest rate. And so all of that brings a, another layer of complexity that businesses have to deal with. But overall, I do think that the strength of demand remains the critical driver of, of, of the outlook for 2022. J.P. Gervais is the chief economist with Farm Credit Canada. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. Wheat markets remain volatile this week. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting prepared this week's Sask Wheat Outlook. She says politics, weather, and a new COVID-19 outbreak in China pushed wheat markets lower early this week. Here's a look at the cash markets of last week. Turkey bought... 455,000 tons of optional origin wheat for April shipment. Kuwait bought Australian wheat at 412 US dollars per ton for Australia. Iraq was looking for a nominal 50,000 tons of hard milling wheat. Lebanon was seeking 50,000 tons of Indian wheat due to the absence of Ukrainian wheat. Algeria is expected to tender again this coming Wednesday for June shipment and Jordan is expected back in the market for 120,000 tons of wheat for May through July. U.S. wheat sales last week of 156,000 tons were at the low end of expectations. 
Year-to-date sales are at 18.9 million tons. More generally, on the demand side, Africa is bracing for a food crisis. There are 26 African countries that rely on wheat from Russia and Ukraine for more than one-third of their wheat imports. For 17 of these countries, more than half of their supplies come from Russia-Ukraine, and two of the countries import all their wheat from Russia and Ukraine. Replacement origins will be more expensive due to lower supplies following the war, potentially different or higher quality supplied by other origins, and due to higher logistic costs when shipping from countries not as close to the Middle East and Africa. To continue, here some of last week's major news in the markets by major wheat origin. And per usual, we are starting with Canada. To follow on the above thought, we think the appalling situation in the Black Sea is an opportunity for Canada to draw down domestic current crop wheat stocks as low as possible. This would serve buyers trying to replace Ukrainian purchases that are not coming into the market, as well as helping Canadian farmers to draw down current stocks to a minimum at unprecedented prices. At 3.3 million tons, Canadian wheat ending stocks as currently forecast by agriculture and agri-food are higher than they should be given the situation. We hope ending stocks can be drawn down lower, but shipping data has not been encouraging. Bigger sales would depend on farmers' willingness to sell their old crop grain and exporters' ability to sell and ship into this market. In reality, just 155,000 tons of wheat was exported during week 33. The year-to-date total commitment of 7.5 million tons means that Canada's current shipping pace has been 227,000 tons per week compared to the weekly average needed of 301,000 to meet even AFC's 13.2 total export number. We think it's time to finish old crop wheat sales. We recommended getting 50% sold on new crop as well at $13 a bushel. The window for this has passed for now, but we would look to take advantage of future opportunities at similar levels. Turning to Durham, most of the Durham trade is done for the year. But here's a quick note on COOL, country of origin labeling. The European Union is debating implementing an EU-wide mandatory country of origin labeling for, for law for Durham and other food products. There are several EU countries who have already implemented their own COOL laws, like in Italy, but so far there was nothing across the entire EU. That said, they will continue to come to Canada when local supply is difficult to find. Year-to-date, EU countries have accounted for 19% of all Canadian Durham exports. New crop Durham prices have been mixed. We have seen $11 per bushel bids, which is too cheap, but we have also heard of 1375 prices um, paid a while ago, which would be very strong. We are currently 20% sold new crop. Moving to the US. Rainfall in the winter wheat belt was beneficial to the crop. The winter wheat area drought assessment fell 3% from last week to 70%. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting prepared this week's market outlook for the Sask Wheat website. 
Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Hayden here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. And I am joined by the host of AgriTalk. It is Chip Flory. Hey, what's happening here? These markets are absolutely like a ping pong game kind of comes yep. to mind as they slip and slide all over the place. Is, is this kind of to be expected based on the fact that we're really not sure what's going on with these negotiations on Ukraine and Russia? Yeah, I think so for sure. It's still a very headline sensitive market that we're dealing with. Uh, I think that's going to continue for quite some time. And and the big downdraft that we had in the market earlier this week was based on the idea that maybe the war was going to find some way to wrap up relatively soon. Uh, and then overnight, the the attitude changed on that a bit, which should be no surprise. And all of a sudden, we get some some strength comes back into the markets when we start to retake some of those losses from earlier this week. And that ping pong ball that you mentioned, Sean, it's going to continue for quite some time, I think. Um, unless all of a sudden we start to see um, Russian President Putin actually back up what he says with actions it, rather than saying something and then just doing what he wants to do anyway. That's been his uh, pattern, Chip, right? Yeah. Is hate like the ceasefires and then like right. two hours later that city gets bombed like it's it's yeah. it's kind of crap it's, 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 sean it was absolutely uh, shocking I, I think to us and to the world last week when putin talked about how how good things were going as he was dropping a bomb on a children's hospital well to him that's things going well so you you have to understand I, I don't want to say that you have to understand the mind of a madman, but you kind of have to think like that at times to really interpret what he's saying. So as we know, the computer trade is really, really pushing this around and, you know, really in some ways, probably not of the right technical term, but accelerating the momentum you know, and, and yeah. finding, you know, which way humans are going on the trade on a daily basis and pushing yeah. it more in that direction for for farmers that you know either have or are going to hold inventory in, in the new crop, how do we steer through this then? What do we do? Oh, it, it, it's maybe the biggest marketing challenge that uh, that farmers have faced in in quite some time. You know, I say that, but but we've got an opportunity to lock in a profit. It's not like one day we've got profitable price levels and the next day we don't. So we're trying to decide is today the day to pull the trigger on things. What farmers have, and I had a great conversation on AgriTalk yesterday afternoon with Scott Davis from Bullpen Trading about this. Farmers have got an opportunity to make their price right now, to, to be active in their, in their risk management, to actually be risk managers rather than price takers. And when that kind of an opportunity comes around, it only comes around when, when you've got an opportunity to lock in a profit. And I think we've got that right now. So uh, I, I think for, for most, most of the analysts that I've talked with, Sean, 
their attitude is let's go ahead and get something. Start your risk management strategies in the cash market, set your price, set your basis. Uh, in other words, make a forward cash contract sale for this fall's delivery or beyond, most likely for this fall. And uh, then reopen your upside potential with a call option. Once you buy that call option, you know exactly how much you are risking from that point forward because the most that you can lose is the premium that you pay for the call option. So it's the same as a minimum price contract at the elevator. You can do that too. Uh, they'll just charge you a few cents for, for executing that for you. Yeah, and it, you know, you use some of those uh, you know, to use an option terminology. You know, out of the money, so sort of those stretch yep. price targets. And with the way yep. the market has swung around, who knows? There, there may be a ten-minute right. period where it does blow through, and right. your your price that seemed unrealistic just two weeks ago is all of a sudden something that's a reality. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, it, I, I'm a big proponent of using price targets in a market like this, and set some targets at price levels that you think right now are just absolutely unattainable. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. I get to spend every day talking to farmers in the ag industry through realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. But nothing is more fun than speaking to an audience live and in person. If you're planning an ag event, book a Real Agriculture speaker to make it a successful and memorable experience. Email shaney at realagriculture.com and you can book myself or any other Real Ag personality to speak at your event. Bring your audience all the fun, insight, and energy of Real Agriculture. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny sky, the high plus 5 degrees, wind southeast 30, the low minus 7. Thursday, partly cloudy, wind southeast 20, becoming west 30, the high 10 degrees. Tomorrow, the low minus 2. Friday, sunny, the high plus 7, the low minus 9. Saturday, sunny, the high plus 6, 60% chance of evening flurries Saturday, the low minus 2. Sunday, partly cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high 10 degrees, the low minus 3. Monday, partly cloudy with a high 13, 30% chance of evening showers, the low 0. Tuesday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries or rain showers, the high 10 degrees. Normal high is 7 degrees for this date, the normal low minus 6. The sun rose at 6.39 this morning. It sets at 7.26 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Maple Creek at 11 degrees. The cold spot up further north at Nipawin at minus 5. Estevan is minus 3, Saskatoon plus 4, Swift Current plus 7, Weyburn minus 1, Yorkton minus 3. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's zero, that's 32 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at four. Humidity 60%, the barometer falling 101.7. Sunny and Moose Jaw, plus three. Winds are from the south, southwest at five. Once again, Regina, sunny and zero, that's 32 Fahrenheit. 
Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Even though some regions of the prairies are still dealing with some snow these days, many producers are busy putting together a game plan for seeding. But how is the ground moisture looking, especially after last year's drought in western Canada? Reporter Cheryl Brooks spoke to Trevor Hadwin, an agroclimate specialist with Agriculture Canada, to find out more. We tracked the precipitation very closely. We looked at other things in terms of soil moisture and water equivalent in the snow and a number of things like that to kind of figure out how conditions have changed over the winter and if they've improved from the drought from last year. And what are you noticing at this point? been some significant improvements in parts of the prairie region, certainly in eastern Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Fall rainfall and above normal snowpack this winter has resulted in a little bit better moisture conditions, certainly improved some water supplies as well in some regions and we're seeing the opposite kind of in southern Alberta, southwest Saskatchewan. We saw a very dry winter again and we didn't have that late fall precipitation to kind of boost that soil moisture before winter. So we are going into the spring with dry conditions throughout southern Alberta and into southwestern Saskatchewan. Would you go so far as saying that we're probably headed towards another drought this year or is it too soon to tell? Certainly in terms of the drought situation, we really never got out of the drought from last year in some regions in the prairie. So we're still rating those portions of the prairies in drought, and they've been continuously in drought for about a year now. So again, we're not predicting that we're going to get worse in any sense right now. We're, we're just waiting to see how the spring melts and how conditions change in the springtime here. The spring is our rainy season, so we tend to get a lot of precipitation during that spring period. So things can change really quickly, and we hope that we are going to get some rainfall to improve that soil moisture and get off to a good start this year. Is there anything in the short term that you're seeing where we might get some moisture? There's no real key indicators. There's certainly some disturbances showing some moisture, but the short-term forecasts and and even the one-month forecasts don't seem to say anything significant at this point. Our next Agriculture Canada Canadian drought monitor will be assessed at the end of the month here and and we'll provide updated drought conditions the first week of April here. That's Trevor Hadwin, Agroclimate Specialist with Agriculture Canada. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan Agriculture has prepared a report for farmers who are considering converting to a perennial forage crop. Agri-environmental specialist with Saskatchewan Agriculture in North Battleford, Allison Fransu, explains further. Not all farmland is suitable for annual crop production. In fact, you might notice some areas within a field that do not produce well. More and more farmers are converting marginal annual cropland into perennial forage. This is especially the case if the land is subject to erosion or salinity. Under the Canadian Agricultural Partnerships Farm Stewardship Program, the Permanent Tame Forage Beneficial Management Practice or BMP, provides funding to assist producers in converting land currently seeded to annual crop 
into perennial tame forage. Perennial forages help to protect the land, reduce erosion, and utilize available moisture. The tame forage BMP requires a pre-approval to qualify for the rebate. Work with your agri-environmental specialist at the Regional Services Branch to complete the required soils qualification assessment and develop an approved forage blend prior to seeding. If you are considering seeding some marginal cropland into tame forages, we may have funding available to assist you. The Permanent Tame Forage Program is part of the Farm Stewardship Program offered through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, or CAP, program. I also encourage you to contact your local regional office to learn about upcoming deadlines for the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program. For more information on these and other related programs, please contact your local Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture Regional Office. Call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377 or visit us online at saskatchewan.ca slash cap. I'm Alison Fransu and this has been the Saskatchewan Agriculture Report. Coming up, market update. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Purchase your all-weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th and you'll save 15%. And also brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Grain prices were moving down in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola dropped $1.30 at 1034.32. Feed wheat fell 7.35 at 378.30. Number one red spring wheat went down 250 at 459.45. The rest were unchanged. Durham 551.16. Feed barley 362.54. Flax 1252.11. Lentils 902.50. Oats 501.53. Yellow peas 637.82. At Minneapolis, May spring wheat rose 20 cents at 10.63 a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Renee from Assiniboine Livestock Auction with the re market report for March 23rd. Regular sale. D1s, D2s, cows, 98 to 110. And D3s, 80 to 90 cents. Canner cows from 40 to 60 cents. Heiferettes were 123 to 157 and slaughter bulls 117 to 133. We didn't have enough feeder cattle to make an accurate market report, so we didn't put them on the radio. So thank you for now, and have a good day. Thanks for your support. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,200 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 226 to $238 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,000 head, selling a range of $228 to $242 per CKG. Hemp's number one sows this week are up, selling in the range of $72 to $0.79 cents per pound live weight. Hemp's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is up 20 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2509. The Canadian dollar is currently trading $80.10 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek. The Western Corn Belt has shown softness all this week and is presently down $1.63 U.S. 100 weight, while both national variants are $0.88 cents higher relative to the previous day. 
As a leading indicator at these levels, the Western Corn Belt is one to watch, and market watchers are looking for signs of softness in the formula regions to follow. The net value of the pork cutout came in lower compared to the previous day once again, led by bellies which saw a relatively large one-day $15 move lower. The USDA will publish the quarterly hogs and pigs report after trading today at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. The general consensus ahead of the report is that a reduction in sow slaughter compared to last year should allow for gains to be made in the breeding herd. March to May farrowing intentions are expected to be coming in at 99.6% of year-ago numbers, while June to August intentions are expected to be 0.5% higher than last year, according to average estimates ahead of the release. All pig crop and farrowing intention upper estimates surpass 100% of year-ago. That is not to say that there is an aggressive expansion taking place today, but the large herd liquidation that was taking place following the 2020 COVID-19 plant disruptions appears at least to be thought over for now. In Regina, it's sunny and zero. That's 32 Fahrenheit. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. G3 Canada has renewed support of the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association's Be Grain Safe program. G3 is committing $45,000 this year to the program. The Be Grain Safe program offers education about the risk of grain entrapment and provides rescue training and equipment to first responders. This year, Be Grain Safe will expand to train firefighters in central Canada and be offered in French. G3 President and CEO Don Chapman is happy to help expand the life-saving program to Ontario and Quebec. G3 funding will support training and rescue equipment consisting of a pencil auger and a coffer dam. The equipment and training is vital to help save lives in grain entrapment situations. G3 is a Winnipeg-based grain company. On the markets, the TSX is down 33 points to 22,053. The Dow has fallen 45 points to 35,248. Oil has gained 296 at 107.20 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 15 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.12 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.